for me, it's not really about any title. It's something that I enjoy doing and I hope that it will inspire others if they're later on in life to still pursue their fitness goals, just to kind of like show that it doesn't matter in what stage of your life you're at. Mm-hmm. If you want to if you want to go out and you want to compete with, with athletes half your age, it's okay to do that. You can. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. In today's episode, I got to catch up with Samantha Briggs, who has been a staple athlete within the CrossFit community for well over a decade. Her nickname, The Engine, was coined from her incredible work capacity in the longer events, but now it seems to apply to her longevity in the sport as well. Sam is a nine-time CrossFit Games competitor, the 2013 fittest woman on earth, and in 2022, she has her sights set on becoming the fittest 40-year-old in history. It's been over three years since Sam has joined me on the podcast, so I was really excited to have the chance to catch up with her and learn more about what she's been up to lately. We talked about several of the philanthropic endurance challenges she's taken on, her world record time at the Spartan Games, how she's adapted her training over the years, and what drives her to continue working hard in the gym day in and day out. Now, before we dive into the episode, I do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. I recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I'm really excited to be here with Sam who has been on the podcast before, but it's been over three years. So we have a lot to catch up on. Um, and you're currently in Ohio. We just talked about sort of your process of moving yourself over from the UK to Ohio during the pandemic. <laughs> um, but a lot else has been going on during the last three years too. And particularly in the last year, I think with the pandemic and also everything that's changed in CrossFit. I mean, so many things, and you've been involved in CrossFit for so long, you've seen a lot of changes, but I'm really curious what the past year was like for you from a CrossFit Games athlete perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the year started with obviously the pandemic hitting. Uh, as an athlete, uh, competitions were starting to get cancelled. Uh, whether we were going to get a CrossFit Games or not, was uncertain. Uh, I was one of the lucky few that had qualified out of an early season competition. So I qualified Mm -hmm. out of Dubai at the end of 2019. So I had my place kind of secured for the Games, but uh, it was still uncertain whether we would get a Games. Uh, And then fast forward to gyms, like are starting to open again, things are starting to, I mean, not normalize, but at least mm-hmm. people could kind of socialize a little bit more. Uh, we were able to train a little bit more normal. And then the whole thing with Greg Glassman happened. And then it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> now the- what's going to happen? <laughs> again, the games isn't going to happen again. It's like, it was, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, 2020 was definitely a year, an interesting year that I don't think anybody could have uh, 
good. But um, yeah, like I think what was really good and what stood out like through COVID, first of all, was kind of like the community. Uh, they uh, People started doing online uh, workouts. Uh, you saw more people getting together uh, over Zoom or like FaceTime working out with their friends and finding ways to still uh, be fit and still connect mm-hmm. with people. And I think that continued when the whole thing with uh, Greg happened. Uh, the community came together, uh, all the all the uh, like sponsors, uh, and then all the athletes came together with a united front. That it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for this. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool to see so many people kind of like come together, and it just kind of solidified that we are like such a strong knit community. Mm-hmm. And, and luckily, like it. Greg saw sense and sold CrossFit, which I don't think anybody actually saw would happen. <laughs> no, that was that was never something I thought. If you had asked me that a year and a half ago, I never would have. I would have said never. But so so then, how like how do you feel like things have been going since then, and with the you know the changes in the format, and as we're starting to again, you know open up a little bit more now with the pandemic? Um, yeah, I think uh, when I went back to the UK in November, I timed that very well. <laughs> the UK <laughs> still open and literally the weekend that I left the UK, all the gyms went back down into lockdown and they mm. actually only just um, on the 12th of April opened back up. So wow. they've like had like another huge... Uh, lockdown but uh, hopefully they're on the other side of that now and uh, the vaccine's rolling out over there and things look to be on the improving side. Uh, I think I've been very lucky being out here in Ohio that we had that first big lockdown and then uh, we've not been shut down again which has been which as an athlete trying to train, as being a lifesaver, really, mm-hmm. it just meant the preparation for the Open and then the preparation for the semifinals I've actually been able to do uh, in, in the gym. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. And how are you feeling about this season in general and the format with a little bit of a different format, the shorter Open and then the quarterfinals and the semifinals? Uh, yeah, the, um, so I like the Open, so I could have happily had another couple of weeks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think it worked well, and the quarterfinals, I don't think anybody knew what to expect, but um, speaking to other athletes as well, like, I loved it. Like, we had a really good time. The mm-hmm. workouts that were programmed, like, I actually felt like the workouts that were programmed, I enjoyed them more than the first stage of the games. Like wow. Last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's great. I, felt, I felt like they were really good tests. They really pushed me. Uh, mm-hmm. There were definitely like weaknesses that I, like, I've worked on and I, I loved it. It really did kind of like reignite that fire. Like, yes, I am, I am doing the right thing. I am still wanting to, to compete. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. amazing. And I saw your congrats on your 225 front squat for four. That's huge. Yeah, no, like um, it's something that we've been working on uh, just as an older athlete. Um, in the past, I've struggled a lot with my knees. So um, squatting heavy has always been a little bit of a struggle. But mm-hmm. we've been doing things slightly different and changing things up. And so the games last year, the one rep max test, I hit 225-1, which was the most I'd hit since coming back from my elbow surgery. Wow. And, and then to, to then match that. Um, for four. Uh, I was like over the moon. It was, it was like when you go into something, you have an idea of what you want to hit. Uh-huh. And that was the number that I was like, if everything goes right, that's what I want. And one of the girls in the gym, I like said to her before I started, what do you think I should open up at? And she was just like, it's like, just it. <laughs> just put it on there. <laughs> put five on the bar and go get it. <laughs> okay, so I literally just did that one lift. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so awesome. Because we had 20 minutes afterwards, they were like, come on, go again, go again. And I, I couldn't even get one rep out, like two. <laughs> I was like shaking so much after the four rep. And, yeah. And like, as as my Instagram name is biceps like Briggs, I, I got <laughs> the, uh, in my bicep on the four rep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you really gave it everything you had on that one attempt. <laughs> And I was like, no, nah, I've got nothing. I was just like laughing. When I couldn't even do one at uh, 2.30, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and then you also this year did a really cool open announcement. And I know you've done a number of different open announcements in the past, but what was it like this year? One, like finally being able to get together with other people during a, the pandemic, but then also being able to represent a charity with the Out Foundation. Yeah, no, it's been really cool. Um, I love, like I said, I love the Open. Um, it's always been kind of the type of athlete that I am. I'm definitely more of an Open star, just uh-huh. light away, push the gas pedal. So yeah. um, I've done quite a few Open announcements and it's always been like a really cool experience. Um, and then to then be able to kind of bring attention to um, like a charity and just help help other people and not just do the open for the sake of me doing the open it was actually for a greater cause uh, mm-hmm. definitely, uh, it's definitely something that I want to try and do more of as I'm like approaching the end of my career um, that's why at the end of last year we did the charity 100k as well was mm-hmm. uh, money for cancer research so I'm trying to trying to put my fitness to greater causes. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing because it really can be, especially, you know, at the highest level and doing it for so long, it, it, it often is really selfish because you have to be so focused on your own training. And so finding ways to do cool physical feats, but also be able to benefit charity and help other people, I think is amazing. 
Uh, it's definitely something that I've always kind of tried to do. I mean, you got roped into doing the the marathon run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You inspired me to do that with my family for a few years. That was amazing. That was that must have been what? When did you first do that? Like 2014 or something? It was it was several years ago. Yeah, 2014. Um, yeah, that was yeah, 2014 Christmas of yeah. 2014. Um, and then we we might even managed to rub the pastro into doing it that year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I remember him talking about doing the marathon row. I think he did it twice. Um, after I think maybe after the games or before you guys did it in the games. Um, and I remember him talking about it, but I don't think he did the, the charity version. <laughs> Um, so tell, tell us a little bit more about the hundred K for charity. I know you did 50 K row, 50 K run. Um, like who did it? How did you set it up? What was it all about? Yeah. So, um, a while back I was trying to organize a charity cycle. Um, and that was going to be in the Amazon to raise money for cancer research. And then because of everything that was happening that like started getting postponed and canceled. And uh, I was looking for just a way to try and um, like still raise money for cancer research. I was like, okay, the cycle's not happening. How else, how else can we do it? Mm-hmm. And after the games, I saw Cam Porter did um, the 100K challenge. He, um, he posted it and he did it as kind of a, a mental challenge and to raise money for um, mental health awareness okay which is a charity that I know is close to his heart mm-hmm. so I was like that's fantastic it's like people kind of like expect more of you each time you do something so if I was to say yeah. I was to do a marathon row people would be like okay good get on with it we've seen that <laughs> so it's like this is perfect this is something that I don't even know if I can complete mm-hmm. um, it's like an epic big challenge uh, I was like, so I messaged Cal and I was like, do you mind if I steal your challenge? And he's, go for it, go for it, fantastic idea. I pitched it to the head coach at my gym back in Manchester at Train. And he was like, yeah, that's fantastic. I was like, you're doing it too. <laughs> By the way, you're doing it with me. <laughs> so came up with the idea to try get, um, because the gyms had been shut, but would have been uh, open mm-hmm. at the time we came up with the idea to try to get more people involved and people were doing it in pairs. Um, we'd set the gym up, we'd make everything, we'd get some music going, we'd get food in and we'd just make it into a big kind of celebration of fitness yeah. and try and raise as much money as we could for charity. So we, um, we had 16 like rowers at the gym and so you could buy a seat on the rower. Okay. So you bought your place in the challenge and that was how we raised the money for charity. And then they um, friends and relatives to then also sponsor them to uh, get more money. And there was five of us at my gym that did it solo. The rest did it as uh, pairs or in threes. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started posting about doing it, more gyms were getting in touch to see how they could get involved and uh, I think we had another like, five or six gyms in the UK get involved. And then there were a couple of gyms in Europe and a few gyms in America joined in on the day. 
uh, all doing the challenge and just my gym and a couple of other gyms that um, that sponsored through my site we raised ten thousand pounds for cancer research and that's not wow. in a lot of the other gyms who were also raising money but used their own like site mm-hmm. wow that's amazing and so cool to see you know that's what's so amazing about the crossfit community just seeing other gyms get involved and bringing more people into it and and what a great thing to do too at the end of 2020 with with such a crazy year (laughs) get that light back on um and you know speaking of endurance challenges I think that's one of the other things that obviously you're known for in CrossFit is your endurance but you've also been getting into you've set records in other places too I know with with rowing and you recently did a Spartan race um as well so can you talk a little bit about what that was like yeah so um it was actually this um the spartan games they came up um and they'd done something of a smaller scale uh in 2019 and they wanted to do something of a more epic scale kind of in their words uh kind of their version of the crossfit games Mm -hmm. um but for multidisciplined athletes instead of just CrossFit athletes. And they got in touch with me. It was one week after stage one of the games. So <laughs> I had one week of uh, being lazy and eating what I want. And they were like, we're going to do the Spartan Games. Uh, do you want to take part of it? So, oh, well, when's it going to be in two weeks' time? Um, and it was an in-person competition they uh, were out at a ranch in Pittsburgh um, Vermont and they basically we had to get uh, two COVID tests they created a bubble and then it was kind of like for five days life was normal we were exercising (laughs) you could have people we were all sleeping in uh, a barn. It was like we were in dormitory. Like we were on. <laughs> wow. It what was, a cool experience. Uh, definitely. It was a fantastic experience. Um, the first day that we got there and we're sleeping on cots. Um, me oh, and wow. uh, Christy O'Connell um, was taking part as well. Uh-huh. We're like, what have we got ourselves in? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> There's like 12 of you, there's 12 of you sharing um, like a room and then the boys were on the floor above us. So all you could hear were them like making noise, walking around. <laughs> what have we got in for ourselves in for? And, um, but the next day when you're doing the events and you're just giving your all, you're so tired at night, you're climbing in and those cots by the third night were like- Feel really cr- comfortable. <laughs> oh, I missed this bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. So then I know that you you set a world record for women in one of the events, but can you explain like the format of how the competition works and what it, like how it went- on for five days yeah so uh, there was 12 males 12 females all from different disciplines and uh, crossfit uh-huh. athletes there was a wrestler an nfl athlete there was marathon runners triathletes um 
it's actual Spartan races, ultra mm-hmm. marathon races, you name it. There were like people have like done it. Um, <laughs> That's and they, really cool. They tried to kind of look at events that would be kind of on the extreme end of of each discipline. So we obviously had two Spartan races because it was a Spartan Games. Um, then we had uh, what they called the Highland Games. So we had Stonely, um, Tug of War, and the um, Kaiser Hammer, like from okay. the Games. Uh, we had uh, max distance swim in three hours, uh, max distance mountain bike in five hours, Wow. Max distance mountain run in six hours. <laughs> wow, that is a lot. Um, we had a vertical mile, so we had to run up the mountain, like straight up for a mile in a weighted vest. Oh, my gosh. How uh, did that compare to the hill in Aromas? <laughs> uh, a little bit longer and a little bit steeper, and that was the day after we did the mountain run. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I have no more run left in me. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh my gosh. And then the two events that were kind of like CrossFit esque mm-hmm. were they, they were called um Decker. It was Decker Strong and I can't remember what the other one was called. There was another Decker. Um and they are so Decker comes from this 10 stations. Mm-hmm. This you have um like a 500 meter row, there was a ski sled push. You had kettlebells, you had um, walking lunges, um, slam balls, burpees. So that kind of like CrossFit S. So it's your functional fitness. Okay. And so it was the the Decker comp. Um, that that's a standardized workout that they run. Uh, in competition and in gyms like all over the world and so that was the one that I uh, broke the record got it got it wow well you never cease to amaze me Sam you're always getting into something new (laughs) and crushing it as usual Um, and still crushing the CrossFit Games every single year and I know that you have recently set the goal for yourself of competing in the CrossFit Games in 2022 when you'll be 40 years old um what you know i think last time we talked when we were on the podcast you you know had just talked about how much you love training and competing and you want to continue to do it as long as you're having fun um so how are you feeling about that now and how did you decide on this goal yeah um i kind of was looking at realistically what it takes to train and compete at that level and just how much of my time commitment and how much like sacrifices like not only I have to make but like Nicole to pick up the pieces that I can train full-time I mean highly yeah. yeah I feel like the the you know significant others often people don't even realize how much of a toll it takes on them because a lot of times, even whether it's just, you know, being there in a competition and being your support person or cheering you on, but all the time year round to be able to support so that you can train and do the things that you need to do. So it was just kind of like realistically, how much, how much can I give and how much can I like expect her to give? 
Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, I'm willing to make the commitment to like two more years. It was after the games last year, two mm-hmm. more years to to try and make it at the, the top level. I'm mm-hmm. still going to always do CrossFit, but of course. it'd be nice to kind of pursue other things. It'd be nice to go on a vacation and not have to stress that I need to get to a gym because I've only got so many weeks until the next competition or I need to do this. It's like, okay, we can go and we can go somewhere. It's like, chill. If all I can do is go and swim in the ocean or go for a run, it doesn't matter because I'm not yeah. training for anything. We can just go and enjoy like being. Um, so I was like, okay, make the commitment for two more years. Uh, just really with the goal that like, if I can make it back to the games as a 40 year old, it'd be pretty cool to kind of like say, Hey, I was still there at 40 years old. Yeah. And you won the games when you were 30, correct? I was 31. 31. Okay. So yeah. So being able to to say, you know, nine years later, you're still there after, you know, winning the games for the first time. That's incredible. Um, and and then I saw that you'd actually talked to um, HQ about it, or I, at least Justin Berg about it. And they were really supportive and said that they would actually give you the title of fittest four-year-old in history if you were at the games um, in 2022, which I think, I don't think anybody can argue with that, <laughs> um, knowing everything that you've done and accomplished, but that has to feel pretty cool too, just to have their support. Uh, definitely. Like um, for me, it's not really about any, any title. It's something that I enjoy doing and I hope that it will inspire others to if they're later on in life to still pursue their fitness goals, just to kind of like show that it doesn't matter like in what stage of your life you're at. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to go out and you want to compete with, with athletes half your age, it's okay to do that. You can. <laughs> <laughs> you can Sam for sure. No, I think anyone can. And I think it's so inspiring to, to see what you've done and, and just to see, you know, your passion for it and to say like, Hey, I love doing this and I'm going to keep doing it and, um, and keep just surprising people and breaking records and doing all kinds of incredible things. So it's been incredible to watch and I'm really excited for you. And I, you know, I don't think anybody doubts that you will be able to be there at the games in 2022. We've just got to, we've got to concentrate on this year first, uh, semi yes. coming up, I think, it's seven or eight weeks until uh, my semi-final. So, and so, where is your semi-final? So we've just been moved online. Uh, we're mm, okay. a bit upset about, but we could. It was kind of inevitable. Like in the back mm-hmm. of my head, I was like trying to be on the. It's going to be online. It's going to be online. But there's <laughs> there still a part of me that was still like, had some hope. <laughs> It's still saying that it's going ahead. It's still saying it's going ahead. <laughs> yesterday that it's like they're going online. Um, but I'm still going to go back to the UK for it, uh, just to be on the right time zone um, okay. as, as them and uh, do the competition, get, get to spend a week with my coach and then actually do the um, semifinals head-to-head with uh, Emma McQuaid. 
So oh, we, that's great. we can push each other. So that's the plan. That's great. And what is your approach to training like now compared to maybe three years ago? I can imagine that every year you obviously learn things and adapt and adjust and you've been through many injuries yourself too, but what is your training approach like right now? Uh, yeah, we've, we've experimented with a few things and we've um, like changed a few things up now. So at the moment um, I'm still doing quite a high volume training. I still enjoy that and still do pretty well but we've just kind of like flipped things around a little bit. So on a morning, um, my training's pretty chill now. I do a lot of movement mechanics, um, a lot of kind of like mobility and um, do some steadier like cardio work, not mm -hmm. as intense um, and like core work. And then the afternoons are my intense uh, training block um, and we've been finding that um, just having that even though the training session is um, like a three hour long battery we've mm -hmm. been finding that uh, I'm recovering better with a more relaxed chilled morning and just hitting everything in one solid block mm -hmm. rather than doing some stuff in the morning and then some stuff in the afternoon mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that tends to be working a lot better. Um, uh, like I was saying about the, the squatting. So, um, I struggled pretty much all my life on and off with, um, knee pain and we reverted back to, um, back squatting, low bar back squat. Mm. So putting, uh, putting more demands on the posterior chain instead mm -hmm. of, um, because I, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I don't typically have big quads. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the biceps. <laughs> so, uh, so there's there's less of that that uh, frontal knee um, knee pressure. Okay. Um, so back squats heavy, uh, more posterior activation, and then uh, obviously when I'm snatching cleaning and front squatting, overhead squat, that's still working, um, that frontal domain. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just found with, with the less pressure now uh, that the back squat's more in the posterior. I mean, touch wood, uh, I've not had any knee pain for the last, like, just over a year now. That's amazing. Because you did have, you fractured your knee, your patella at one point, yeah, correct? that was 2012. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. I've always been impressed with how well you, or how much you have been willing to adapt your training and try different things and see what works and, and really focus on your mechanics over the course of, you know, your entire CrossFit career. And obviously it's still a process. You're still tweaking and changing things and finding out what works for you in different stages. Yeah. Sometimes I might protest a little bit if, uh, <laughs> the training I'm like well, I was really enjoying doing this no, <laughs> this now and so it might be a week two before I'm like oh, okay <laughs> and how long have you been with your coach James Chelsea uh so we were um we worked together 2000 and like 10 to 2000 and 
14. Uh, and then we had a little break while I was out in the US. Um, and then I started back with him uh, 2016 before I needed my shoulder surgery. Okay. So you've got, you've been with him for a long time. You guys, he knows you pretty well as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. We know each other pretty well. <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like it. Um, anything other than the front squat that you just did, anything else that you are particularly proud of recently that you've been really working on that you've seen improvement in? So I think I got redemption on the um, snatch box, burpee box jump workout in the mm. finals too. Um, before I like went into that workout, all I could remember like envisaging was, I think it was 2016 regionals with the squat snatch ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been working on my like, snatches so much and then got to regionals and went out there and I failed 135 like so many times. And I think I just made it under the cap onto the 145 bar and like got a couple of reps. And then the whole of the rest of the regionals, I was like fighting my way back to mm-hmm. the fine spot. So all I could think about before doing that workout was just memories of the failing the 135. Oh, gosh. And, um, yeah, so seeing a workout like that where it's <laughs> where yeah. all it is is 135 <laughs> jumps. Um, but I definitely got redemption. I went in, I attacked the, the workout, and uh, I didn't fail any reps. Yeah, uh, I was like, I finished the workout and uh, I did it in 325, which wasn't a winning time, but it wasn't like it wasn't at the bottom of the pack either. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a decent score. I mm-hmm. work out and I was just so pumped. I was just like, yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I love it. Sometimes those workouts, like, I mean, you've won so many workouts throughout your career, but sometimes it's those workouts where you get redemption or where, you know, you did your personal best that you get even more satisfaction from. Definitely. Like that that workout I look at, I'm like the same with the front squat. I look at it's like I'm not gonna win, but like if I can do like something that I've not been able to do before and yes. it's my ultimate best, it's like they're the workouts that I'm the most proud of. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Definitely. So true. So true. All right. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, is there anything, any advice that you want to give to other athletes, um, whether it's people who are, you know, I know you said you wanted to, in part of the reason why you continue to compete at this high level is just to show people that, you know, you don't have to let age limit you. And if you want to go out and compete with people half your age, then go for it. And I think that's amazing. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with or hope that they take away from our conversation? Yeah, just to go and have fun with what they're doing and do something because they enjoy doing it. I mean, I love CrossFit and that's why I'm still doing it now. If if they they have a passion for something else, like going out on their bike, going to dancing, going swimming, whatever they do, do something with passion and it, mm-hmm. it it definitely like especially through COVID, surely it's shown people that 
you need to enjoy life. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's around the corner. So make sure you're making the most of every moment. I love it. That's beautiful. A great note to end on. Um, and I know last time you were on, I asked you the three questions I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. So I'm not going to ask those again, but is there anything that you have found recently that you have started doing that you think has had a big impact on your health or on your performance? Uh, uh, one thing that I have started doing recently um, is taking an ice bath. Ooh, are you doing like the full cold plunge? Like you have a chest freezer and everything or what are you doing? Oh, let's see. Oh yeah. There's Got it. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, uh, just on a, on a night, go in there for three minutes and then go have my uh, like shower for, for the end of the evening. And mm -hmm. it's definitely, I think, helping me uh, sleep a little bit deeper, mm. uh, getting my core temperature down a little bit and just helping me, helping me sleep, which then helps recover, which then helps with training. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, wow. And so how, how cold do you keep it? Do you know what the temperature is? Uh, we do now because I've just rigged up a thermometer to it. Ah, automatically turns the uh, freezer on and off. Oh uh, my gosh, <laughs> that was my little project. Uh, it's set up 40 now. Uh, we did have a few days where we were in, and I put the thermometer in afterwards. And I think the coldest we had it, it went down to I think it was 34. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're basically frozen. <laughs> so it's Wait, we have the thermometer all set up now, so it's set to keep the water out at 40 degrees. Okay, wow. And did you work all your way up to three minutes or did you just go for it? I just like went for the three minutes. Just do it. Okay, and any strategies for people listening? Um, like, do you, do you just go to your happy place in your mind? Do you do breathing? Do you just talk to distract yourself? How do you get through the three minutes? So I've like, I've found, I know people say you should have like silence and it should be like a meditative. I'm like, uh -huh. hey, in the ice bath, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find a song that's going to last for three minutes and I put uh -huh. that on and then that's my focus. I focus on the song for three minutes and it's like, uh -huh. oh, yeah, I can get out now. All right. All right. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Well, cool trick. Thanks for sharing that with everybody. Well, this has been wonderful. It's always great to catch up with you, Sam. And you continue to inspire all of us every year after year. And so I'm wishing you the very best of luck this year with the semifinals and the games. And we'll see you there in 2022. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Always good to catch up with you too. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out to more people.